Welcome to the Jeremy Webisodes podcast. This is part two of Webisode 15 with Bonner Paddock Wren. Let's go ahead and join the conversation already in progress. All right, so why you're really here was that. But since we have 30 more minutes to go, yeah, we might as well talk about drink Bonner's. With you, but we might as well talk about like your life story. <laughs> yada, yada, yada. Hey, I'm here for the drinks and you guys. I mean, if we don't have to talk about me, I'm fucking great yeah, on that. Yeah. No, we're, we, I mean, we, we got to because it's, it's pretty impressive. So, I mean, it's like, like I said at the beginning, I'm not even sure really how to get into it because um, it's, it's, it's such an interesting story. The, the truth of the matter is, Bonner, you've, you've lived a pretty interesting life. So... Uh, if if we didn't make it apparent at the beginning of the show, we've known Bonner since high school. We went to high school together, um, and uh, you know the life that you've lived since then is just extremely interesting. So we've covered the fact that you worked for Youngs. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of did the corporate thing. Yep. You worked for the Ducks, the I, Anaheim Ducks. I got a Stanley Cup ring. Wow. I rocked it at the wedding uh, last month. Yeah, people asked for it to see because they were Kings fans, so I brought my Stanley Cup ring to it. Wow. So, which was first, Ducks or, or Youngs? Uh, Ducks, and that's how I met the Youngs people. They recruited me. They were sponsors because Jack Daniels and Cazadoris were yeah. our sponsors at the Ducks, and I signed those deals when I was with the Ducks. So they recruited me away from the Ducks, and I went to the owners of the Ducks and said they gave me an offer I can't refuse. Yeah, I'd like to go pursue this, and they were like, the Sam Wellies were amazing. They're like, we believe in it. It's awesome, Bonner. We love you, and good luck. Yeah. yeah. All right, that's so sweet. so let, let's cover this. Like, Let's do it boom, boom, boom. High school. Yes. You go to college where? Uh, first, I went to lovely Saddleback College. Okay, great. Juco. We've all taken classes yep. at Saddleback. Absolutely. Then I got a scholarship to play at uh, Concordia University soccer. Soccer. Yeah. Goalie. Yeah, thanks to Matt Reese and the guys, Danny Sparks and those guys, we played in an indoor league. Here's a funny story. All the guys that we won CIF, the first CIF yeah. at, our, at our high school, so they came back from all their big Josh time Josh Keller schools. was in that, Yeah, right? Josh Keller. Yeah. All those guys came back from their scholarships that were ridiculous soccer players, and I'm just hanging out at JUCO and playing in this indoor league. So then we're like, hey, do you guys want to play? Matt Reese is like the coach. He's for- a legend. He was a U.S. Yeah. national team coach and everything else. I mean, like, and so I laughed because they were like, yeah, we'd love to come play with you. And I'm like, really? And they're like, yeah. So we won every game after that, and the guy, the thing was like, hey, do you want to, like, come try out for our college? And I was like, what college is it? And I was like, Never heard of it. And he's like, it gave me a scholarship. Went there, hated it. It was terrible because I was like, I want to party. I just want to like. It's a Christian college, right? Yeah. My nieces went there. Yeah. So I was great, and it was just too small. So then it's I. It's very small. So we had a Playboy magazine on the back of the toilet. Us four soccer players in the apartment at the, and we were like, I was like, fuck it, I'm transferring to San Diego State then. And I was like, I just want to party. I just want to enjoy life. You have and college. Like, that's it. I want to get yeah. in trouble. I want right. to do all the things. So I transferred to San Diego State and ended up graduating from San Diego State. Nice. And you played soccer there? No. I actually called the coach, though, and told him that I was because I was playing semi-pro at the time. And I said, hey, I play for the Vanguards. And he's like, you do? And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm not on the premiere. I'm on the first division. And he's like, okay, cool. And I'm like, "Can when's tryouts? Da, 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 da. He's like, we got great keepers. I knew I was never going to be making the team because I was like, I'm not fucking doing it. But somehow I magically, with my terrible 2.2 GPA, magically got into San Diego State at the time. And I was like... So the week before, he's like, hey, how's every training going and everything? And he's like, and I was like, it's 
not going and I think I'm just going to be a student there. And he's like, hey, totally understand. And so I was already <laughs> in the school and the rest is history. Nice. Yep. It sounds like uh, your college is experiences a little <laughs> bit different than high school. You said you had a high school wasn't like the best time for you in the world. You said it was a bit of a struggle, right, with making friends and mm -hmm. then having a gang. It sounds Absolutely. like you had a, a really a blast, especially San Diego State. Yeah. But high school is a little bit different story yeah for sure like what we were talking about earlier and is like we we were sharing good old Santa Margarita stories and everything that I just never knew who I was I knew there was a lot of challenges that I had of my own and I didn't know who I was so I wasn't comfortable with myself so how can I ever relate to anybody else you know looking back on it and also I realized we're all in fucking puberty. Yeah. Right. I mean, we're all fucking you know, like awkward. Yeah. We're all walking awkward. around with like hard ons and everything else. And the girls are trying to figure out their hormones. And yeah. I mean, it's like, so how the fuck like does anybody really honestly, it's like, it's the most uncomfortable time I think for anybody yeah. looking back. But then you think it's you me. Think you have it. Like yeah. it's me. Like fuck everybody else. Like that's what I see it is like, oh yeah, no, had no clue who I was. I enjoyed a few things like, like. We rollerbladed hockey, hockey, played slammage, you know, like, but I was only good at sports. That was the only place I ever got acknowledged, you know, and everything else was sports. So anything outside of sports, I had no idea who the hell I was. And like what we talked about with soccer, those guys were so beyond my ability. Hot, high school, when they hit puberty, all of a sudden with my CP, it was like they're in a different stratosphere. And I was like the backup to the backup, you know, I mean, of goalies freshman year and it was like when we did the play it was like okay i'm gonna try a play then because i'm clearly not in a league to even play soccer and that was what i thought was my e-ticket that was like the smashing of one thing and then all of a sudden oh you know matt's good at drama so i'm gonna try, try out for a play yeah. yeah so it was like one of the so high school was one of those things where it was like all of a sudden i was like holy shit i got no idea and we just moved and so I was the only one that didn't want to move. So I was just like, okay, this is really awkward for me. Like, I want to be back in Arcadia. Everybody else is here. Everybody's kind of grooving on things. I'm not. And so it was just that really bad place for me that I just was like, okay, I don't really even know who I am. And so I – and I hit puberty late in our I – was, I was one of the last people. Yeah, me too. Yeah, so it was like – I have stretch marks on my legs because I grew so much in from 16 to you're 17. You're taller. You're taller now than you were in high school. For sure. So by you far. had like a late in life growth spurt for Matt, sure. Absolutely. And so I was so late that it was like I almost missed that boat. I missed that boat too. So like when everybody else was kind of filling out and like like kind of being that that cool or whatever else, I wasn't. You know. And so I kind of got left even in the dust in my grade. So. Yeah, high school was a big challenge. I never felt like I belonged, and that was because I didn't belong within myself now looking at it. So, yeah, I felt totally lost. I mean, and, and, and you, you breached the subject, and, and and thank you for kind of, like, helping me with that, that transition. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, what you're talking about is coming to terms with your, your – you said CP, mm -hmm. which is cerebral palsy, mm -hmm. right? And so you coming to terms with your cerebral palsy um, was something that you did later in life, which is very interesting to me because you lived the, the first part of your life. You were you because I don't think the average person with cerebral palsy is as uh, drawn to being athletic as you. 
right? Because you have a certain you have you have disabilities with your cerebral palsy, right? You have uh, it, it affects your gait, it affects your muscles, the way that you, you that you that you operate, and so to so it's difficult to do things that are athletic. Yep. So to be drawn to athleticism, it seems like counterintuitive. It's totally, like, it's hard. Like my daughter has uh, has a, a ankylosing spondylitis, mm. which is a, a kind of a childhood. Um, uh, uh, arthritis. Arthritis. And like a rheumatoid arthritis. It's it's not rheumatoid. Okay. Um. It it but it's arthritis. Matt's wife has rheumatoid arthritis. So okay. That's the closest thing I know. So just was asking. So but but it, but she gets tired and she gets yep. sore when she does stuff. Mm-hmm. And so she <laughs> she she doesn't like to do sports. She's naturally kind of uh you know disposed to want to do things like sit around and play video games because when she goes running across the field her knee hurts. Yeah. So the fact that you kind of gravitated towards sports even. Even despite your your and I and I mean is the word disability? Yeah, I mean, that's fair. That's totally fair. Absolutely. Um, so even despite your disability to to be to gravitate towards sports, I think that's very interesting. Yeah. Because you were kind of like already as a child, you're like, and, you know, fuck it. Yep. I yeah. don't care. I want to do it right. Yep. Um. And so and that's kind of like that's kind of the start of your your path. So at the beginning of your life, you're you're trying to be just kind of like fit the the the, the normal like I'm going to yeah. have a job. I just want to belong. I want right. to fit in the box. But you're talking about this time in high school when we're all kind of awkward. Absolutely. But you're also dealing with the fact that you have this like disability yep. that you're that you're not really kind of like um at that time um, really kind of dealing with, yep. right? It was kind of like you were almost kind of like kind of just putting it on the back burner and just going to just like I'm going to be in – I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to get into sports and I'm going to continue to live my life and, I, and I've and i got this like disability but I'm not going to really deal with it. I'm not going to talk about it. Your, your family I, – I, so obviously, you know, Bonner's written a book. It's called uh, One More Step. One More Step. step. Another. uh, I mean, I mean, could you deliver that one any lower? Perfect. (laughs) Hey, I mean, it's Tequila Ocho talking here. You know what I mean? I've read it. (laughs) One step more. Did anyone else say it? (laughs) Did you read it? Yeah, I did. Um, Thank you. I got to be honest. Thank you. um, Thank you very uh, much. Yeah, I did read it. I I own a hard copy, and I have, and I, and I haven't opened it. But I have the Kindle copy because I need to listen to it while I'm cool. Going, so yeah. So I want you to know on that on Kindle, do you listen on Kindle? Yeah, I have to listen on Kindle. He really like doesn't that. really read. I'm not a reader. Good uh, for you. But I did. I'm the opposite. And I gotta tell you that um, I uh, I openly cried at the restaurant while I was reading chapter two. Isn't two a brutal? Yeah. That was and it, it was like that, I, I was trying to like hide it, and people are like, "What is this guy doing?" And I'm like sitting alone at a restaurant reading, and I'm bomb crying, like tears are freaking rolling down my face, and uh, and so yeah, it, it's a it's a very um, it's a funny thing because I've had phone calls from friends that say, "You motherfucker, yeah, why did you not tell me about chapter two? And yeah. I'm like, "What do you mean?" I'm like, "I was fuck." They're like, "They're like, I was psycho crying on the plane, yeah. and yeah, they're yeah. like, people were looking at me like I'm gonna be like doing uh, shit to the plane." My, and I laughed. The waitress so is bringing the bill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that, and I get yelled at by friends and people from that. So I'm glad. So thanks for that. Yeah, you're welcome. Hey, wiping my your pleasure. eyes with a credit yeah. card receipt. Yeah, right. No, I'm not crying. It's the onions in my taco. Yeah, uh, sir. You said specifically it's no a lot onions. of dust in the air, and I've got allergies. I think it's the fires, but. I appreciate that. Honestly, it means a lot. So thank you very much. Yeah, I absolutely. That. I mean, 
we're having you on the show, and I learned a lot. I learned a lot about uh, cerebral palsy. Yes. Um, I didn't know. So, I mean, let's let's just talk about that because that's a that's Please. a good point. You, Absolutely. You're like, you know, you ask a lot of people in the room, have they heard of cerebral? Everybody palsy? raises their sure. hand. But do you know what it actually is? No idea. Nobody. Um, and I didn't know that it was. Uh, and and actually, I have some questions about it. Please. If that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. So your cerebral palsy is as a result of um, being deprived of oxygen during birth, correct? That's correct. The umbilical cord was wrapped twice around my neck, according to the experts. Not me, because I don't remember. Right. (laughs) You were a little young then. I was a little young, did not know, but yes. So it's around your neck, it's cutting off oxygen. That's it, like a noose. And that's that's what it is. So it, it cru- at a crucial moment, yep. when the baby's supposed to be taking his first couple breaths, yep. you couldn't yep. because this noose is around your neck. And so in that crucial moment, little parts of your brain died. That's it. Random parts. You don't know which parts are going to do it. I always say like – think of like a Christmas tree per se, old Christmas tree where the lights were – yeah. really sporadic one, and one goes out right the whole string right and goes so out. like if you don't understand that right away it gets hot and things melt and that's how fires happen with the tree so the lights like once you plug it in which is the first time you get oxygen it's supposed to light your brain's supposed to light up like a christmas tree where everybody plugs it in which we've all had a christmas tree and we're like oh my god oh, it looks great beautiful. this year it's so beautiful the lights but when it's like bzzz, Right, there's a short. Yeah, and or like a or bulb pops or something, yeah. and it's like then all of a sudden it shuts down. That's kind of the in a in a much shorter fashion, but that's what happens when you're first born and you don't get the oxygen right away. Random parts of your brain die like bulbs, and yeah. if they die or b- totally break, you get to see the effects of CP, and that's why it's so widely varying because it's the amount of time that you don't get oxygen. So here's my first question in my ignorance. Is that the only way that you get cerebral palsy is being deprived of oxygen at birth? It's a great question, and that is a primary way you do it. It's either in the womb, mm. at birth, or shortly after birth. So, but it's being deprived of oxygen. That's it. That's it. Because okay. it, or a blunt trauma to the brain that's similar to like a stroke. Okay. So it can be looked at, but what's the difference is, and you can tell in strokes mostly, the strokes your arms or, or whatever parts affected becomes limp. The default in the brain becomes stiff. So at a young age, like with CP, you see people with like their wrists totally like it looks like flexed. it's yeah, yeah, totally flexed or their legs. I mean, like, and I walk very stiff. Like everybody's like, why do you walk like a penguin? And it's like my ankles don't roll like most people's do. So like doing Iron Man and crazy shit like that, they're like, how the fuck do you do that when your ankle doesn't roll or your muscles can't relax or you know, all those things. So it's exactly that. It just your default to your brain normally says instead of being a wet noodle laying on the ground, the brain says it's better to be stiff and at least you may not yeah. be able to but you won't per se be a wet noodle. You can at least somewhat like it's almost controllable versus not controllable. Correct. And that's the default in the brain that yeah. nobody can control. So that's what C P mostly is. But there is types of C P where you're totally like a noodle as well. But yeah. most commonly it's the stiffness when you see people they're like trying to walk or things are very stiff. That's a great sign that they're probably have some type of C P. And something else that I didn't realize is because the damage is kind of like already done, C P is something it's not a it, the Disease doesn't continue to develop, right? It's, it's like once just, you have it's it, not that's, generative. It's that's not how you have it. Yeah, it's not no. and, and and there's kind of a there's a spectrum of of cerebral palsy. There's there's you know mild and to 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 severe severe. Yep. And 
the point that I'm trying to make, I guess, is like once you have like your once you're on the spectrum, that's kind of where you're gonna be. Correct. It doesn't continue to develop, or you don't continue to degenerate, right? I would say it's like born without a, a finger or an arm. It doesn't yeah. get worse. Like you don't like lose more arm. You don't lose more fingers. It's just you're born kind of without that, and so you got to learn how to kind of adapt and and what you've got and best way to live through that. That's yeah. the best way I can kind of explain it. Were you teased a lot? Tons. Yeah, because the way I walked and then it's like my legs are extremely skinny, especially pre-puberty. It was like extremely like, you know, bird legs or just a very skinny leg or like we say a straw tied with a knot in the middle. That's just what my legs look like. I did not have the muscle. CP, it's very hard to get muscle development when you're totally tight. You can't get liquids or nutrients into it. Yeah. Well... We have the opposite problem. I'm uh, too big. <laughs> I uh, I have Sir. plenty of fluids and other things yeah. flowing through my body. Lots of fluids. <laughs> Joss has excess nutrients. I have, I have more. Well, nutrients. Water retention. Uh, nutrients. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jeez. a lot of water retention. Tough room. <laughs> Maybe if we like met in the middle. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Can you pass that lovely tequila yes, over here, absolutely. by the way, sir? Thank mm, you so let me much. Top it off a little bit. Yeah, because <laughs> oh, we so, yeah, we're getting close to the bottom of that thing. It's going to get a little bit. Get what I can get while here. I can. Yes, absolutely. I'm not going to take too much, but thank you. Butter. Hey, man, it's it's all about you. I'm no, gonna... I really appreciate you finding this because I know it's not easy. So I really appreciate that. Do you have um the before we get to all the successes that you've overcome overcome this and all your triumphs in in your life? Is there do you have like the night or the day? Like, do you have like the low moment in your life? Like, do you mm. look back and like, this is where I was the most depressed or sad or I I can't do it, I can't make it. That's a awesome question. Um, I think the hardest moment that I had was the gap between openly talking about my disability, which was really hard because. That's when people don't talk about something that you know is there. It's like the thousand pound elephant in the room and it just eats away at you. And if you don't know, I'm I'm pretty sure elephants are heavier than a thousand pounds. Yes. 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 Sorry. Some of the unborn elephants. The baby elephant. The baby elephant. The baby elephant in the room. Okay. We'll go with that. The little baby elephant in the room. Like the stuffed animal yes. elephant. Yes, the snuffleupagus. <laughs> like Josh knows nothing about anything, but he knows how much Is fucking it a, elephant yeah. He's like an expert on like Ran- zoology. Random all facts by Josh McGinty. I think it's awesome. Yeah, well, so I think it's the gap between being, you know, having openly talking about my disability and not having that place or people that I felt safe like or having a connection with it because divorced family parents and family that was really struggling for an identity and everything else so not having an identity and then being able to start talking about my disability because i was actually finally confident enough to ask those questions that was the worst part it was the darkest time because it was like everything i was doing was for a like we're, uh, we didn't talk about social constructs but it's something that's like I was doing something to get accepted versus doing something yeah. that 
was who I am or something like that. So I did so many things for social constructs, which gave me nothing back. Yeah. Right. Because I had nothing in me. So understanding it. So the gap was massive in terms of years. It was dark. And um, climbing Kilimanjaro was that point where I had so much anger and so much frustration and from everything from like you said, teasing from my parents' divorce. I was the youngest child. So I blamed myself because I was the, the newest to the equation. So I therefore, as a kid, and my parents didn't tell me that it wasn't my fault for the divorce. They didn't say it was my fault, but they didn't say it wasn't my yeah. fault. So I took that as I'm the youngest kid. So therefore, and I'm they the got divorced. Addition. So what's the I'm new, the newest that's uh, it. variable what's, in this equation? That's it. So I was like, okay, that's a problem. So that must be I'm the problem. And wait. We kind of hear whispers and we go to a lot of doctor's appointments and we go to physical therapy, but nobody says like what I've got. Yeah. That must be a problem too. Therefore, commonality, I'm the problem. So when I got to Kilimanjaro and they mic'd me every day, wirelessly mic'd me. So it was eight days on that mountain. I got to backtrack. Sorry. We, we got to backtrack. Sorry. We got we to cover oh, that. because oh. I mean, no, no, no. It's, it's fine. But, but I mean, I mean, we, we kind of blew by a whole lot. <laughs> You know, all of a sudden you're on. Life. Yeah, all of a sudden you're on Mount Kilimanjaro. You have to get how you got right. You know, Sorry. I mean, so yes. so Fair you know, you're, you're working you're at the Ducks. You're then you're working for Youngs. Then you you know uh, uh, while you're working for the Ducks, you, you run a half marathon. Okay, your yes. life starts to change. You you, you go to you, you you openly start talking about your disability uh, with the foundation here in Orange County. Yes. Uh, the foundation is uh, United Cerebral Palsy of Orange County. United Cerebral Palsy of Orange County. So you're there. You're and that was kind of like the first large group where you like kind of had uh, you're coming to yourself. It's the first time when I applied for the Ducks job. It was the first time I actually wrote an application that I had a disability because I thought they wouldn't hire me because of it. That's how much it was ingrained yeah. in me that I was going to be judged. Well, it's the fear of it's the fear of the unknown. That's and it. The fear of. I, I don't know so, what yes. they're I don't know what they're gonna do with this information. Right. That's it. And so they encouraged us during the lockout to join a charity of our choice because the Samwellies, as rich as they are, they actually said, "Hey, even during the lockout, you have a lot this of free time." This is the hockey NHL. This is the NHL hockey right. team. They were like, "Hey, take some time. Go. We're in a lockout. We're not we're not cutting anybody's salary, but go do something that you want to do in the community that's important to you." So then I was like, a new employee. I was like. Fuck yeah, I'm going out. I'm going to do something. Yeah. I know I've got CP now. I'm going to do it because I told them. And so that's what you were like. They're like, go out, get into the community. And that's you're it. like, well, I'm going to go get into the community with cerebral palsy. So like Hatch has amazing ability to Google. I did the same thing of Google searching. Nice. And I was like, cerebral palsy, Orange County, Google search. Literally that. It was because it was relevant to you. It's an access it. point. That was it. Yeah. And I was like, a new job. I'm like gung-ho. I finally admitted this. And they hired me. So, okay. How old are you at this point? Sadly, 27, almost 28, I think. Okay. Yeah. You're 27, 28, you yeah. come in, you're, you're now, you're you're finally starting to kind of like come to terms. Yes. Jer, it's okay. That, this word. I don't know why you say sadly. Jer was a sophomore. <laughs> like, <It's true. laughs> in college. Yeah. Yeah, I went to college three times. <laughs> uh, and I, and undergrad. And, uh. That's not, uh, that's not a joke. So, so. 
so they're like they encourage you to get involved, and you're like, okay, well, I'm involved now. Yep. I'm gonna I'm gonna go run this half marathon. Yep. As part of the charity, yeah, that was my first thing. I was like, okay, I'm in. They're stoked to have me, and there was a lot of things, and I was like, yep, I'm gonna go run this half marathon. And so it goes from half marathon to marathon to climbing to to climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. Yep. And like, how how did that kind of progression? I mean, that's kind of like ramped up pretty quickly. It seems like. Yeah, and there was one primary thing that you referenced in chapter two that made you cry, and that was the thing that ramped it up very quickly was the death of, of yeah Jakey. Je- de- death of Jakey, and that was another board member's son who had CP, and I because I purposely avoided people with CP because I couldn't connect with them because I wouldn't even talk about it, so. His dad sent me an email after I joined the board and said, or came and talked to the board and said, "You give my son hope." I've never thought I could give anybody yeah. hope, and I still get goosebumps about it. It's like, for what? I didn't do anything. And he goes, "Because you actually just shared that you have CP." And he goes, "I and it came out during the half marathon that he and I ran together, which is the Orange County Marathon, and the half marathon." He said he was struggling, and he shared with me on that half marathon, our day together, that he was struggling connecting with his disabled son versus his two older sons that were very athletic. And it hit me so hard that, wow, just for me being actually honest for one of the first times about this part, I actually am helping people. And then he goes on to finish, and Jakey dies that night. That was where the tears really Right. And you're just like... That this man would share that about a son who wanted to connect with him the moment before his son passes away. Uh, what do you just say? Yeah. And so I sobbed like that day when the director of that charity called me the next morning. I called in sick, you know, because I, my legs just I, they didn't work after that race. And so I committed to doing the full marathon the next year in Jakey's honor. And like they say, the rest is history. So then I did the full marathon, and like the general manager and the Sam Wellies and everybody donated money, and we raised like thirty grand for the full what, marathon. You do that every year? No, I did that back then when my body actually could do it. Oh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> my body hates me now. Um, That's a great point because you talk about running marathons and doing Kilimanjaro yeah. and how long it took you to recover Fuck. afterwards. Yeah, I, I remember you, and I watched an interview of you, and you were talking about after the Ironman, it took you almost two years for your body to recover. Yeah, Killy was gnarly because like we did the full, we did thirty, and I was like, okay, what? What my purpose maybe is to go try do these physical feats that others with CP can't because it's getting a lot of money. So I'm and like, that's yeah. the point. That's I it. mean, you you so you went from half marathon to marathon climbing Mount Kilimanjaro with the first person to solo climb. Yeah, that was Mount the first Kilimanjaro. world. Re- yeah, that was the first world record that I did, and so it which all- is the, it was sixty four miles. It's eight days. How cold? A little wait, about wait. the temperature while you're on the Wait mountain. a minute. The first world record? Yeah, that was the first oh. world record. How many world records do you hold, Bonner? <laughs> only two. Okay, only, only two. two. How many world records do you have, Josh? Uh, what is the next <laughs> question? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. That came out wrong. Oh. Um, no, but what I mean, like. Dick. I know. What, what an, that was the first world record. <clears throat> what an asshole. <laughs> what a dick. Um, no, I, I think. The marketing side comes out of me, and I, I, I played to that as well. So that's, I think, the beauty of what I was fortunate to have was I was played to the marketing and the heartstrings. Yeah. And those two things combined to make what we've built now, which is ridiculous because it feeds, I think, on the two most important things in life is, like, how to talk with people but also also understand the empathy and, and the soft side. So it's like you can talk in a nice way, soften it up to lead them into here, and it creates this beautiful triangle. That's 
I think what life is about. So the world records came after that. But when they came to me with the documentary, the audio, they were like, do you know what you say under your breath when you're, you were climbing Kilimanjaro? Wow. That's, that's what the, that's what the director of photography said. He goes, you say gnarly shit. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I was like, I was like, I have so much anger and, and hate and frustration from my childhood and everything else. And he goes, yeah, yeah. we've got it on the live mic. And I was like, that's cool. I'm like, use it, use it to yeah. build the documentary. So right. talking about a doc, a little documentary, uh, it's called One More Step. Oh, no, sorry. It's called Beyond Limits. Um, Voice over by a, uh, uh, a, a you know, small uh, Struggling Michael. actor. <laughs> <laughs> Who does the voiceover on that one? Uh, Michael Clark Duncan, MCD. I miss my yeah. brother. He yeah. is, God, he fucking did so much for me. Like, I cannot explain it. Because him and Tom Hanks, when we, when he died, like, Tom talked at the funeral, like, his publicist called me before Tom, which was fascinating because I thought that was interesting. That why would why would MCD's publicist call me first over Tom, who Tom helped him get into the industry. Him and Will Smith yeah. got him, it. and he she always said MCD always said that you made the biggest impact in his life. And I'm like, what the fuck? This guy grew up in the South Side of Chicago in a gang, and the same story that Tom Hanks told at the funeral. If anybody wants to look it up is the same story when we sat in the studio doing the voiceovers for the documentary that MCD would sit there. I mean, this dude is 6'8", and a monstrosity physique of a human that's just amazing. I mean, he tried out for the Minnesota fucking Vikings, never playing a down of football in his life. Wow. <laughs> and made it to the final cut. That's hilarious. He's a beast. What a great yeah. story. So, but, I mean, so that guy is like the guy that told me your impact can be so amazing. Was he connected in any way to CP or was None. he just? He, his publicist, we reached out to his publicist because we actually wanted another one of our clients, which I can't mention because he wouldn't even take a meeting with me. And the publicist felt so bad. And so she said, I think your story is amazing. So we were looking for someone to narrate our documentary. And so while we were over climbing Killy, she said, go climb Killy and we'll figure something out when you come back. So I was like, cool, whatever. So when we took the fucking plane all the way to Africa through Amsterdam, Kung Fu Panda was stuck on the plane. And so we were like, we fucking never going to watch Kung Fu Panda again. Well, come to think of it, guess who narrated one of the key characters in Kung Fu Panda? <laughs> MCD. Wow. So we laughed. So then when we came back, she's like, sorry, so-and-so, which I will leave his name out of it, said, he was not interested no. in taking a meeting. She says, I feel bad. And so I actually talked to one of my other clients and he said, he'd be, he's, do you have anybody else? I'm like, no, we don't know anybody in Hollywood. Like she's like, right. well, great. MCD's interested or Michael Clark Duncan's interested. And I'm like, seriously, the guy from green mile is. And I'm like, that guy's voice would rip through oh, the documentary. It's a great voice. And he was amazing. So he was like in and the stories we could talk for hours over another bottle of tequila, but that dude's heart, is huge like we talked about baruby same massive dude but his heart he seems bigger. like a just Wait, a bro. genuinely nice total guy. bro what i, I want to talk about I is think, i think we need to shut this down chris is going to be way too excited that he just got compared to michael clark yeah, yeah. his heart is a big heart I, I have a quick thing too i you've mentioned it uh killy uh several times I, i'm guessing to call it killy you actually had to have <laughs> right, you don't get to call Jeremy's it Killy. Jeremy's called no. it Kilimanjaro like four times. And I've no, been like to Tanzania. Killy. Have you? Yeah. 
I did not know this. I've been in there a couple times. Oh, we need to chat more then. Kenya. I would love it. Come, come, dude, please. Because we always start a company in each country that pays for all of our centers on its own. So we have a safari company over there. So, like, please, would love it. That'd so let's rad. talk about that. I mean, you brought it up. You you started a foundation. So I mean, this is this is the story, and this is why it was so hard to introduce you. <laughs> I mean, guy goes from like you know working for the ducks. Which is like, well, wait a minute. Like, First of like all, kind of a dream he started job. working at Champs. Well, right. yes, okay. I was the money with, handler at Champs. Yeah, he's working at one of our favorite bars back at the, in the Spectrum. Day. Yes, and then, but he's working for the the, the the Anaheim Ducks. Then he's working for one of the largest alcohol distributors in in the United States or in the world. And then he's then all of a sudden, you know, blah blah blah. He's written a New York Times bestseller book and he's got a documentary of Michael Clark Duncan narrated. And, and, and two world records. And two world records. So the world records are climbing Mount Kilimanjaro solo uh, uh, with 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 uh as a as a dis- with CP. With CP. With CP. Yes. So uh, that's the definition. Yes, correct. That's the official. And then Iron Man the Iron Man World Championships. Yeah, because they there's so many Ironman races that people like we actually got text messages, not hate mail, but people were like, Well, I ran the Kentucky. No, so Iron that was Man. a so question was, of mine that no. I, was, yeah. I was talking earlier. He Jeremy in the, had in asked, the world asked of Iron Man. Today. How is there a lot of Iron Mans? I there actually are. only thought Kona was like the Iron Man. That's the Super Bowl. So think okay, about like the there's Super NFL Bowl. football games throughout the year. They all play really hard in the NFL to get to the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl of Ironmans is Kona, and you can and only qualify. And that's the one you did. Yeah, that's the only one you, you – 99% of the people have to qualify through other races. And not only do you have to qualify, 10. but during the race you have to hit certain parameters. Yeah, or, you're, they're or, like, they, or they kick you out of the race. They give you this. They're so like, you're, good job. Thanks so much. Hey, great swim, but yeah. you missed the cutoff, so and you don't get the, the bike cutoff. in the run. I mean, you finished the race. Yes, I did. By and just for those of you who minutes. don't know what an Ironman is – uh, first of all, it's in Kona, Hawaii, which is like humid and hot. It's cold. It's chill. Yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> it's like a desert. It's yeah. a desert island. Uh, so it it starts out with the swim. Yes, it does. So it's a two point four miles open ocean swim. Yeah, it's not just in a pool. It's, it's not a, a pool. It's, it's not a, a lake. It's a two hundred and forty yard ocean swim. No, 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 yes, no, no, yes, yeah. yes, yes. It's yes. A, it's like a splash around. Yeah, it's a splash. Yeah, around. right. It's it's no. It's not. It's full-blown <laughs> open ocean, like with tidal, like the whole thing. Yeah. So it's a 2.4-mile open ocean swim followed by a 112-mile bike ride. Just a jaunt. Yeah. Just a quick cross town. Hey, it, you want to go to like Ventura? Yeah. Just get the beach cruisers out. Yeah. Followed by a marathon. Followed by a marathon. Like a lot of people can't even do a fucking marathon. So wait, you do the swim? And by on... you say a lot of people, you like mean me. three of yeah. four of us yeah. in here. Three of Jeremy, four people in the yeah. Jeremy can't get across his mom's pool without like a without like an inflatable oh, raft. No, a couple of miles open ocean swim, like a hundred mile bike ride into a marathon. So you go, you do the swim on Friday, the bike ride Saturday. No, it's all the same oh, no. day. That's it. That's you have seventeen part. hours, and you cannot be one second. And over because I was uh, my coach Welchy had me f- fly oh, he's over. He's not a very famous person. Yeah, fuck right. He's the guy that was the first non-American to win. He's the Ironman World Champion. He has a crazy story. He actually had 14 heart attacks oh. in a race that he was the favorite to win. He had 14 heart attacks and finished 11th place, and everybody said he choked 
And I was like, that's that that and was he a, had a fourteen heart attack. Fourteen heart attacks in yeah. the race. Bro, don't don't eat the double whip potato before right. you go. Right. Like, and that's what's amazing is he was like, You're like, fuck, seriously? Like that's why I was like that taught me to learn we don't know everybody's story, so maybe yeah. we learned that middle part because we just saw that he per se sucked because he was the heavy favorite. But yes, you don't know what, what he went through. Well, she's amazing. So there. he calls them splash rounds. He's like, "Hey, mate, we're gonna do like a mile and a half splash round today." I'm like, "Yeah, a splash uh, around, a mile and a half yeah. splash around." You understand? We joke about that shit. It's like, Je- wow. Jeremy has been drunk three times in 17 hours. Yeah, <laughs> like put that in perspective. Like, yeah, we watched the lady. She she finished four seconds after 17 hours. She got a DNF. No, oh my. Oh. four no, seconds late. That's what no I'm metal. Saying. You have to oh. hit these certain parameters. And they will come. By the the, grim, the grim, grim Reaper comes and will pull you off the course. So she did the entire thing, yes. ruling that, yes. and missed it by seconds and didn't get anything. Yep. Got a DNF. 2011. Look it up. It's gnarly because oh. they always post the person that did not finish even though they were the first the closest. closest one they do and it was and how heartbreaking much did you make to watch. It by? she missed it by four oh i missed it i made it by 21 minutes that was oh. it that's Dude, great who cares I how much it. would you make it by joss i don't know that i could <laughs> i couldn't tell you do something in a boat and in a car i don't know that i can make it in 17 like, i would have drowned I, could, <laughs> no, I couldn't take a vespa 112 yeah. miles <laughs> <laughs> i would literally being f- Something nautical would be feeding on him <laughs> while everybody else was finishing the race. Like the uh, uh, the winner of the Iron Man is so, so, and Jeremy's gotten out of the water. Yes, and Jeremy Webb's been eaten by orca. <laughs> <laughs> we we think we found his hand. <laughs> everybody else was riding bikes. Saw we fingernail. We, we saw fingernail <laughs> evidence. Everybody yep. else was riding bikes. We filmed Jeremy getting eaten by a mako shark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what what was your feeling when you crossed the finish line? I saw the video Dude, of Dude, I've you're, seen you're it. He looks pretty elated. You look pretty you look pretty full of energy yes. for a man that sends something we could do ever. <laughs> so I'll laugh because I'll uh, I mean honestly, I would say of course, elation is a big thing because no. I was 2 years of pressure and like a ton for me at least I felt it was a lot of press and everything else for me because I was like I well, haven't per se failed in any of these attempts. And that's when it got to a level that, and you had Welchie and all these people that were internationally famous. So all of a sudden you had like the backing of these groups yeah. that were like, that's push. a good point. You don't just have your own you personal no. stuff. You're, you're, you're no. you have people counting on you. Families Even your and kids. Thing, yes. Uh, in your documentary, yes. you're talking a lot. There was a, a lot of the fact that you were like, I'm, I feel like I'm going to let them down. If yes. I don't make it's, this. it's what they yes. call in poker. You were pot committed. Yeah. yeah I was totally you know, pot committed. You, you were in. Yeah. You know? And then I came out of Kilimanjaro. And like you said, the, the other dark moment was like the year after Kilimanjaro, I was the most depressed I've ever been in my life because I got to the top of the Kilimanjaro thinking there was a magic pill up there that I was like, okay, if I'm going to mm. go raise money Interesting. and everything else, and I got to the top, I didn't even think about that I actually had to fucking go down. Ooh. Right. Well, Literally. no, I like I like. No, there's to talk, a tram, I talk right? There's there a tram that brings you down? Yes. I was going to parachute or something. Right. I was, yeah. I was yeah. like, is there a gl- paraglider? <laughs> is there paragliders or something? Like, well, no, I think that's a yeah. funny point because I, I heard you talk about that in a couple of years. I, I, yes. I, I did the deep dive on you. Bob. You did amazing. I'm telling you, I'm super impressed. I wanted, I'm I, honored. I think it's funny that um, you talk about the fact that you were kind of like unprepared for Kilimanjaro. Right? Like oh, you trained like so he's like he's getting ready to, to climb like the highest freestanding mountain on the <laughs> globe. 
right? And he's preparing for it by like hiking Crystal Cove. <laughs> yes, that's about what my life was. That's the white guy in Orange. That's the white yeah. guy in Orange County just saying. Yeah, that sounds I'm like a sure great idea. Do, that yeah. that does. I mean, it looks scary by pictures and videos, but I'm sure I could do it. I mean, like, like oh, whatever. Like, oh, it's a hike. It's not oh, that bad. Yeah, no, no, no. it's I mean, not a hike. Yeah, no, I'll, no. Have a, I'll have a couple slices in a Modelo and yes, then like go exactly. hike a couple that's miles. Oh, everybody's like, hey, you know, that's gonna be a really nice hike, and I'm like, it's not oh, a hike. Fuck, it's gonna it's be not a, hike. a fucking hike. <laughs> It's, it's, a hike no. is something that you can do with like a Snickers bar and a, in like a Coca Cola like <laughs> and a nice little camel yeah. back no, and your nice new sneakers. <laughs> he gets like halfway up the mountain and people are asking if he brought his like sodium tablets. And he's yes, like, I got a fucking Snickers bar in my backpack. Bro, I was day four and I'm like, why the fuck isn't anybody else freezing? They're like. Oh, you don't put a hot water bottle in the bottom of your sleeping bag? I'm like, what the fuck? Does anybody gonna tell yeah. me this secret? I had no, I had no fucking idea of these things. Because uh, it's, co- these it's, things. it's it's super hot on the on the on the slopes of Mount Kilimanjaro. It's so warm. I mean, it what was, was your temperature? Uh, when they woke us up to summit night, it was negative fifteen in my tent. Negative in my tent. 15. In my tent. Which actually, there was some body heat going on. So, uh, they say that. The temperature is somewhere between negative 30 and negative 50 like, outside. Like you have like a Chargers beanie and like a flannel on. Dude, I was like, I'm going to go charge, go, go ahead. No, but I mean, it was brutal. Like my, bo- I can't my even boots see were totally negative frozen. negative 50. Because oh. I couldn't, I didn't put them in my sleeping bag. And they're like, you didn't put those in my sleeping bag? My water froze in 10 minutes outside of camp. So the whole entire tube and the camelback. And again, this shows how... Like you said, grossly inadequate I was on it's being just, on that mountain. I think it's funny because, like, you know, you had all this momentum. Yes. And the idea was great. Quarter and you had dollars. these, like, people behind people are, you. Yes. And then you get there and the reality of, like, oh, oh shit, I'm climbing Mount oh. Kilimanjaro. Brutal. Like, so out of my realm. So, like, boy in the bubble here coming over there and being like, I got this. I did a half. I did a full. I got this whole so thing. So you were much it's... better prepared for the Iron Man. Oh, well, because I went, yeah, I got the best coach in the world, thanks to Oakley. I mean, like, that's a fucking crazy story, too. It's like, yeah. how the fuck am I sponsored by Oakley? So you have two uh, signature Oakley glasses, Yeah, I have right? two signature eyewears. Who the fuck? I, I barely finished races. But, like, all of the, not all, some of the athletes at Oakley that are very prominent came forward and was like, because they asked for the world premiere of the documentary, but we said no because the studio asked for that, so they got it. But... They the Oakley said, "Great, everything forward after that, we get the world premiere of everything at their global headquarters." And so the book launch and everything else. So we we sat there and there's like four of us, and they were like, "We think you are actually the epitome athlete because epitome of the athlete because what you're doing it for is not for first place. You're doing it to push your own limits, and we want that's who we that's who buys our glasses and yeah. stuff is." People that are just trying to push their own limits, not be first place. I think that's a great point. You're redefining what it means to be an athlete. That's what Oakley said. And so it's the first time in the history that that first signature I wear, they gave 100%, first time ever, they gave 100% of every sale of that glass. Because it's all heart. That's what they said. And I fund the whole foundation out of my own pocket. So 100% of everything that comes in, that's what the athletes were like, um, we... You know, we don't. That's not what we're doing. And they're like, but Bonner does. The OM does. Foundation, right? Yeah. yeah. And so they're like, it's just a different way to kind of approach things. So I like that wink. That was a good wink. That was, That's I how like we that. do that it. Nice. That's for you. Thanks, Bonner, for breaking the third wall. Now, 
I got I got to stop here. If there was a game seven tonight, would you be here? Yes. Ah, oh, you're amazing. One hundred percent. That was a conjecture. That yep. was... We were like, fucking good thing the Dodgers won, we, otherwise we, we lost. We were Connor. texting. No. Last, we were texting last night. When like, I, this could get real dicey. No, when was... um when when you asked me, Joss, like uh, that's my words good. Like I always I know, say, like yeah. like like. I'm honored that you guys would want, like again growing up where we were and how we kind of think. It was like, a special time. Wasn't yeah, it? and to be part of that and to be asked by friends versus all the other shows I'm on, it's like this is it's a different kind of connection. And beyond, you, we get to drink. Like I don't get to drink on all right. these other interviews and stuff. Like so, ninety nine old friends getting to hang out and catch it. up. It's ninety nine percent of it is that, and then add the one percent drinking is like I'm not missing this. Like I thought it was really cool. No, hey, I hope and you we made I... a little donation to your foundation. You just did, so you know. Yeah, I didn't know that on the on, the, on behalf of of Jeremy Webisodes podcast. Thank Josh you, McGinty and Ryan Hatch. Thank you. No, Bonner. I sorry to embarrass you, but I your agent did call and said if there was a game seven, <laughs> she would have to bring in a seventy inch television and wings. <laughs> Or not wings. The, the rider was a cr- amazing. The rider on <laughs> yeah, the... Yeah, where's my green said? M&Ms and my <laughs> white roses? <laughs> hey, it was all vegan, that's for sure. You but, guys nailed the food, so thank you. That's all I so got to say. So let me ask you that. Is yeah. that... Uh, is is the is your nutrition and, and the way that you eat, is that a, 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 is that a lifestyle choice? Or is that because of your, like, athletic... Prowess is that because of your disability? Yeah, when did that's you, what when led did you, you to go that? vegetarian? I mean, what, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I don't recall that you were a vegetarian in high school. No way. No. No. We I shared was, a we I shared don't, a cow. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I'm pretty sure I Hell ate yeah. a bologna. <laughs> we were in and out with cheeks. <laughs> we go out with cheeks. We'd be in and out with cheeks. I mean, I don't. He, he, he I don't the manager think... there. We get free in and out every time. <laughs> no. Um. I don't yeah. think it was even a thing back then. Yeah, oh, was fuck. there a such thing I mean, as did, a vegetarian did anybody in the even, early? No, I don't think Unless it was. You were... I don't remember anybody saying, "Sorry, I'm vegetarian." Back then, I don't yeah. think anybody did back then. No, I don't I think don't... it was. A, yeah, I don't think. No, it was... celiac disease. That wasn't Bonner. A thing. I, when Bonner gluten, asked, when gluten, Bonner does asked, anybody was there gluten free buns no, no, at our no, high no. school? Was there no. gluten free? Uh, by the way, was there gluten free pizza pockets? It was yeah. extra. <laughs> the pizza pockets were great back then. Gluten free chicken nuggets. Those the day I bought. Yeah, pizza pockets was like I'm bringing my money that day. Favorite day. Oh yeah, I was a cheeseburger. And tater tot guy. Wednesday. I was I was the chibichanga. I don't think I was dangerous for that yeah. one. Bonner, I don't think I could Bonner, do yeah. not, You're not the only one that thinks outside the box. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Deep fried burrito. <laughs> Come on. Do I look like a man who is doing totally healthy burrito. and they had our best interests in our hearts? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bonner, I saw a quote from Nolan Ryan. Oh, it fuck. said it's the back of the book. You yep. conquered the impossible and an inspiration for everyone. Now, two things. Nolan Ryan is the one of the you could say a, t- a top twenty-five name in the history of baseball. Then he says, "Everyone." Who's the most famous person that ever quoted a, like said something about you, Joss? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, um, uh, what I did think... Nolan Ryan say about you, Joss? <laughs> uh, Get the hell off my uh, property. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Beat, he said, he, quote, beat it. July 9th, 1998. There is definitely that one time was that, that Madonna said. Who was that? Who was that? Yeah, maybe that was Michael Jackson. I don't think any, I mean, what a testament, like, to you. I mean, the, just the word everyone, and then someone so prominent as Nolan Ryan, that's not in your field. He's a baseball player. What oh. is your, do you know Nolan Ryan? How did that quote come about? It's on a couple different places. It's on the back of the book. Yeah. It's on the website. Yeah. Um, how did he come into play? Because I'm a 
frankly, a little selfish here. I'm a huge Texas Rangers fan. Are you? And a nice. huge Nolan Ryan Excellent. fan. And when I saw that, I'm like, geez, no one's. My my mom hasn't said anything like that about me. <laughs> I don't. I literally have zero famous people that have ever said anything yeah, about me. Yeah, right. Uh, like I don't have any. I'll if I can answer both those at the same time because I think those are both great points. Um, Nolan was brought to me by a guy named JJ Gosh, who's part of my foundation, and JJ is the COO of Ryan Sanders Baseball, and. What's interesting, and I have a lot of these crazy, weird stories the last 20 years. Nolan's grandson has CP. Okay. His only grandson. The rest is granddaughters. And Jakey's father, after Jakey died, they moved to Austin, Texas. They happened to move into the same area as one of Nolan's sons, mm. Reese Ryan. They walked and they got became friends and everything like that. And they tell them their story about Jakey and everything and why they're here and all that stuff. And the documentary came out. Jakey's father walked over to Reese Ryan's house one day before JJ Gotch, who I knew in the sports industry before from the Ducks, walked over the next day with the same documentary to Reese Ryan and said, I think you need to know who this man is because this guy is exactly what your grandson's going to be. Dude. And Reese Ryan blew his mind and he sent it to Nolan and said, you won't believe that I got this in within less than 24 hours. I have the same documentary from Jakey's father and JJ Gotch who worked for Ryan Sanders baseball. And Nolan, of course, after that watched it and was like, what the fuck? Like, and so that's how all of that came about. And so Reed Ryan, who is the son, is the is Nolan's son, and the father of Jackson Ryan, Jackson who has CP. Jackson's like Jim Abbott. So if you remember Jim Abbott yeah. when he flipped yeah. the glove over, Jackson's phenomenally talented, and he pitches, and he still plays in a smaller university. And that's exactly how that's exactly how it came about was that confluence of like people and that's like what's happened so many crazy weird times that we could spend hours talking about, like from Oakley and all those other things. It's this amazing thing and that's what's got me believing about like, you know, you just put it out and be good and like all those things. It comes back and like so that's how Nolan came around, and then Nolan had me come speak at their whole organization, and then Nolan and I took a picture, and we talked and shared all this stuff. And uh, Reed Ryan's the president of the Houston Astros. Yeah. So Reed's the president. So I went and spoke to the Houston Astros that year, and they won the World Series that year as well. Well, because and you spoke. They weren't banging on the trash can at that juncture, but I love Reed, but I give him shit about that. Yeah. But but they all cheat, no offense, but I love all teams. <laughs> but everybody cheats. It's just who's better at it. That's, yeah. a, that's a fact. But um, that's how I met Nolan. Sorry. So, so it was a little bit long, but that's it's, no, it's an amazing story. It is an amazing, amazing. story. Just the, uh, the connections. The connections you go through in life. Are, are pretty amazing and it, and it really is the connections you go through in life that are your direct connections uh, and then the one level out you know hey you you know Josh Josh and Josh is like tells you a story tells a story to s- someone in his neighborhood and then you know it's just amazing how that goes out and it's really a couple of just a couple of steps outside your realm and and for how many people 
that effects is pretty amazing when you look at i mean like it i would say like i don't have a ton of friends yeah me but neither I, but Actually, I, true friends yeah, i agree but i have the tightest group the of, best of friends yeah of just bet the best of friends that's you know, like, a beautiful thing and it, and it, and it's it's crazy like i don't i don't have many friends from college you know i i in fact uh this might get me in trouble but um I had one friend that I followed through in college and I called him last month and the phone number isn't good anymore. And, you know, it's like one of those things. It's like, well, what do you even do? I don't even know, you know, that, but I have my like really close group of friends, but it's amazing that even when you do something with your small tight group and then they talk to their, you know, little, the orb that's just outside of you, it's amazing how many people that affects. Like, it's amazing how many people you, I want to say no, because legitimately if, if Joss had a really good friend that was like, hey, I think you need to talk to this guy or Jeremy had someone and it's like, you know, just linking those two people. It's amazing how many people you can affect with that just close group. Well, I mean, I think that goes back to like what you experienced when you made that transition, when you when you went from like the the working schlub world to like the the philanthropic world kind of like, you you know, you, 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 you start to affect people's lives and you start to see what that does. And I mean, that's got to be addictive. Yeah, it's one of those things addicting? that I. Yeah, addictive, addicting. Addict, I agree. Addictive. Addictive, addicting. Either way. Um, yeah. But I, I mean, you're you're yeah. having a, a positive effect on people's lives, and you're and you're and you're trying to. Yeah. And you're also being able to kind of um, deal with your own demons at the that's same it. time. One hundred percent, and and that's a beautiful way to say it because. They don't, the demons don't go away. It's a great way to say that. It's like they don't go away. It's just learning to be good with them and be put them in a space that's safe and say they're not going anywhere. They're well, never. What a better thing to be able to do than to accept a disability that's it. and then to be able to like use it for a pos like to be positive with it. I that's mean, it. Like, that's like, that's that, that's it, right? Yeah. And then that's it. And the word that I try to attribute to that that lands with me when I hear you or what I'm hearing is it's an intention. Hmm. My intention now is exactly that. My intention is not to think or hope that someone's going to do something or like me or want me because that's what I desperately wanted growing up or even through high school and everything else is like, I just wanted people to acknowledge me. That's why I was good at sports. So I well, felt, even in your working life, like I want to be defined by the fact that I work so hard. That's it. I worked so hard, and I was so good, and I was the youngest to ever be a you know a senior executive at this multi billion. Here we go. Here we go. No, no, but, but for sure, like that's, that's he was trying to define. He was trying true, to define himself. You know, I love you, I love, I love you, bro. I totally agree. I totally agree. No, no, but I agree, and I and I apologize because it's like I don't apologize, but I mean, I mean, I say that it's like. How do I how do I share? Because people always say like there is no pill to take. There's no there's no magic thing like a Kilimanjaro because I fucking swore under my breath and I hated so much. I was so full of hate and anger. On well, that's a Kilimanjaro. great point. You, you you wanted to get to the peak yes. and like find this like now I'm okay. That's it. Or like yes. I, like I've like I like I've achieved like and that's like it. you didn't right? Like, no. You, you thought like Fuck what no. you found there is like. Nothing. No, it and was now it's like what I need to do is keep working at it. Yeah, it was like I light the firework and all of a sudden it goes. Yeah, you know it doesn't yeah. go and do like it's kabam and you're like, I've hit Shangri La because that taught me Kilimanjaro taught me there is no finish line. 
it's yeah. about the journey. It's about the journey. Right. And it's like I wasn't enjoying the journey, even the hard parts. And it was like, how do I better sink into those things and say my strength actually lies deeper in achievements and things and external attachments it actually is the things that i go back in and if i find something deeper inside me i can actually do even greater external attachments but it has to be first within me can I ask you a question? Of course. What is the largest? Wait, I'm well, here. No, 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 sorry. No, no, you no, can't. no questions. Can I ask sorry. you no more questions? I'm on, I'm on a podcast. You're that not allowed so, to ask me any questions. That was the dumbest sorry. thing I've ever asked in, ever. Can I? No. Hey, Joss. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we, we haven't ended this podcast, yeah. so yes, yeah, you're yeah. correct. I have, I have you're totally so correct. We have not ended this. Yes. So many more questions. What is the largest group you ever spoke to? And as a follow-up to that, how did you go? Because you, I, I, you didn't major in public speaking. You know, no. communications, like all your your public speaking tours and, and yeah. going to universities and, and yeah. pro teams. How nerve wracking was that? Did you like? Well, that, was it I, a struggle? Let me preempt. Let me add to that question. So, oh, Mount, I love that Hatch. Mount by the Kilimanjaro. Way, I love that Hatch has refilled it. He doesn't like tequila. But three times Hatch has gone in and oh, yeah. no ice even. No, and he he's likes still it. enjoying it. He That's impressive. That shows the quality of that. So. Yeah, it's it's really good. Good. Like, I, 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 that. I will that, that be. Josh, happy. I don't. I, I, I want to get back to your Sorry. question. Yes. But so so but I want to kind of I want to keep illustrating the, the the progression here. So half marathon, marathon, climbing Mount Kilimanjaro, uh, yep. uh, Ironman, and then. So Iron Man was 2015, 2014? Uh, Iron Man was 2012. Okay, 2012. Yeah. Book was 2015. Okay. But I got it. Dates, I'm terrible. I miss my dad's birthdays, by the way, so don't worry about it. So Iron Man, then book 2015. And yes. then after the book, 2015 to now, it's been a lot of speaking. Lots, right? yes. A lot inspirational, like, uh, you know, this is what I did. So... Look, he lost his train of thought. Well, oh, shit, guys. There's a hole in the bottle. What it's happened? Done. Wait, the bottle is totally gone. Something is that the first time it's ever been totally yes. gone? Yes, this is the show. first bottle we've ever finished on the show. I'm we've gotten, watered. I we've love gotten it. really close. <laughs> we finished never. a, 12, we we finished a $1,200 bottle like after the show ended. We've, this is the second time we've ever finished a bottle. The first time I've ever finished a bottle on air. I right. Feel, I feel honored. I must have showed something. And thank you for getting that again, Jer. It's so good. Thank you I mean, for it's getting a, that. That's awesome. I, yeah, absolutely. Appreciate Thanks that. for the recommendation. Um, Where did you get sorry, that? Sorry, you were a deep thought. I'm gonna need... You had a good thought. You were going somewhere, no, and I appreciate it. that. So you do the half marathon. You do the marathon. You do Kilimanjaro. You do the Ironman. Then do you continue to do athletic stuff to try to, like, you know, or or do you figure out? Okay, I don't have to like kill myself, but I can still be effective and still do kind of like what I want to do and 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 be proactive without having to like. Because I I read it. Uh, I think I saw it in one of your interviews. You're talking about after the Iron Man, it took you your body almost two years to recover, and it's like you know. I mean, I'm a fat 
out of shape dude. But it doesn't take me two years to recover from shit, you know? Maybe close. Well, Jeremy, I'm pretty- that, that, we're talking about you walking around the neighborhood with yeah. a donut. In your yeah, yeah, right. To go it get doesn't a take taco. that long to overcome that. And, and my point is, like, and what you're struggling you know, the, from the is a hangover. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> even if my best Bonner's still in much better shape than me. No shit. So, like, let's be, let's be, you know, I mean, but but my point is like. You know, you, you were kind of like a, a, in, in your documentary, you were talking about your motivation was, you know, that you were you had these people that you were being responsible for and and you were doing it for, you know, Jake and, and you had and you had you had committed to doing it. And if you didn't do it, you were going to be letting these people down. And 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 that's like, you know, there's a lot of responsibility there um, and you and you're putting your body on the line. And at some point, I feel like you had to make the decision like, okay, I don't have to put my body on the line to be able to make a difference or to be able to bring, you know, attention to this, you know. Um, and so maybe we can talk a little bit about how, you know, you're no longer having to climb Mount Kilimanjaro and you're no longer having to do the Iron Man, but you're still being very effective in helping bring attention to, to CP and all that. Yeah, that's a great point, and I think you flowed perfectly into my progression of my journey is that physical things were my initial identifier of how I could be helpful or connecting with myself and then realizing that that was still external stuff, So, and it fucked my body up big. And, like, so after Iron Man, uh, you know, I had – maybe a dozen or two stress fractures in my feet and two free bags of IV in the medical tent that they carried me to after I finished. Yeah. So that was interesting because I left the tent two hours after the close of the race. Wow. I was one of the last two athletes left in the medical tent. So it got to that point where I was like, I think I've achieved everything that I need physically and I need to finally think I'm actually worth more alive than dead. <laughs> As I say, so I think they finally realized I'm like, wait, I think I'm actually alive. I'm better. And the speaking gigs and the book that would shortly come after that, you know, became like massively popular and a better way to raise money without my body was really fucked up. It actually took, almost two years after Kilimanjaro to get medical approval. And it took almost five years after Iron Man to get medical approval. And that's actually truly like Iron Man. I actually had organ damage and truly like really intestinal issues. As you read in the book, it's like my organs started shutting down less than halfway into the marathon portion of the Iron Man where I was like literally pissing myself because if I stopped in the bathrooms, I would never have made the cutoff. And so, like, that's the beginning sign that Welchie told me is, like, organ failure. Like, it's just trying to make you to fucking stop whatever you're doing and sit down. That's why you see these people crawl and have these bizarre experiences going to the foundation. Like, if you watch his wife, his wife has the most famous shutdown in the history of Iron Man crawling to the race against Wendy Ingram. And it just was like, okay, I have to get in that mindset. So that being said, I was like, I'm tired of doing that. And I actually feel like foundation now can move into a different space and so did a good friend who's now my is also my agent and manager said 
we can actually do something bigger than the physical stuff. And I said, thank God. I'm is like, that when you started developing the foundation is, is after Iron Man? Um, no, it was already rolling pretty well. Okay. Like we, we, we had, st- we had, we had our first center by then. Okay. Um, but we also got I mean, fucked on the first center before that. Like we actually gave money and we didn't learn that how to flush out a good charity in these developing countries. So we actually lost 10 grand. So in fairness, we're not perfect. We actually make total mistakes as well. Like, And, and what are we talking about now? We're talking about your foundation. Yeah. Try to give 10 grand. OM. To, yeah. OM foundation. One which, man, one mission. Yes. But we've tried to, we're doing as the marketing guy that I am. Cause now it's like a lot of people that are involved with the foundation. Lots of men and women. Yes. Yes. Right. So we've gone to OMF because or OM Foundation because it started as one guy is what they thought. But I was like, it's not about that. And I'm trying to build it for the legacy. Mm-hmm. So we are now OM or OMF. OK. Yeah. So it's just like because we have a whole board of people. So right. It, right. Yeah. So anyways. I looked at your website today. The the And the, that's an old fucking website. It's supposed to actually launches next the week. The board so. and, and the uh, the. The what with the patrons or what's the secondary section? Uh, board of advisors. Board of and advisors board of, yeah. is like yeah, f- two pages. There's a lot of people involved. It's a it's a great organization. The OMF now is it OMF or OM Foundation? And what's the website? Uh, one man. Sadly, it's we can't. We need to get a new, better website domain. But we're one man one mission dot org. One man one mission dot org. Yeah, you can go there and you can donate directly to the foundation. Yep. And yep. what are you guys doing with the money? Yeah. So. The good thing is, is and what um, is a little bit different than most, or I fund the whole foundation out of my own pocket. So all the money that comes in goes all into our projects globally. So and they can identify on the website if they want to go to Africa or Central America or or just a general donation. So how many countries are you in now? Officially, or what we've announced? Well, what, you, well, <laughs> well, yeah, what you've announced? Officially, uh, we, we've both. announced we're in four countries announced, and then we'll officially be in by the end of the year. We'll be in two more. That's, That's great. awesome. Yeah. That's so, awesome. and all of them are developing except here in the United States, which we're developing a very, which we announced last month, which is a very special project that will train all of them. And 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 what specifically are these centers gonna do? They're they're specifically for CP, uh, like uh, cerebral palsy, or is it? What, what, Great question. It's um in the, in those developing countries, unfortunately, because they're kind of lumped even greater than we are here. They don't have that definition of you have CP, you have autism, you have Down syndrome, you have club foot, you have cleft palate, you have all these. So. In the developing countries, we've kind of melded together that it's not only neurological, which is what we started as, which is CP, Down syndrome, autism, those things that are in the brain, like we talked about with the umbilical cord and stuff. This is actually in there. They can't even do club foot shit that we've eradicated years, 100 years ago here. Yeah. So we actually in those developing countries accept all disabled kids, whether it's physical disabilities, neuro, which is CP and all those things. So we do all of them there. So it's actually kind of a little bit more diverse because they don't get anything there. And the the center you're developing here in Orange County is going to be like the cutting edge and they'll train all the people for your centers everywhere else in the world, right? That's a, that's a great way to say it. Perfectly said. Yeah, it's a, it's a we call it the center of excellence that it's going to train with the 
amazing doctors, staff, and everything else at Children's Hospital Orange County are going to train all of our centers globally. That's phase one, and then we have a phase three phase plan to actually incorporate the entire world. Your your medical your the the head of your your medical staff at OM or whatever is 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 based at Shaw. Oh, he's a fuck. He will actually probably, in my opinion, he'll win the Nobel Peace Prize before he dies. It's Doctor Afshin Amini, and he's probably the most amazing human I've actually myself have got to know. Well, honestly, he has to run up against Jeremy Webb. That's correct. <laughs> Other than I mean, that, yeah. The day. I mean, it's yeah. Yeah. Neck and neck. amazing, but he's an Iranian immigrant. He's the beautiful story of like someone that came in and everything else, and now he's creating screws and braces and everything else. So, can I ask about your public speaking? Sure. Yeah, you've done a lot of that in the last five years. Right? Lots of it. Yeah. Um, tell me how you got uh, that rolling. What's the biggest crowd you've been with? How nervous is that as a guy? You're not a communications major. You're not. <laughs> You don't do stand up like me and Jeremy do. I'm not of course, like, we'd never yeah. be nervous about yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> like, ah. like, how did that progress from you, like your first one ever, to like being able to do like twenty thousand? Yeah, 10, it's not easy to cr- get up in front of a mm. huge group of people. Comedians is actually when I when when I talked to you guys and you were like, "Hey, you want to come on?" And I listened to Pat Keen's episode. I was like, I have such huge respect for comedians because I was like. The shit you guys have to walk up in front, and whether it's received or not, you have yeah. to feed up that. Mine you is a little bit different. I've it. already gotten like, it's like my message is going to be more straight as an arrow, where yours is more inviting. Mine's more strictly telling. Does that make sense? Yeah, oh, totally. So I appreciate you guys because you guys have to feed off something more than I do. Mine is like, I've got my huge PowerPoint presentation, I'm going to drop it in. I'm out. We're good. We're going to sign books. We're going to give hugs. Awesome. We're out. You guys, what you guys do and everything else, and when I listened to Pat Keen, I was like, I can't do that shit. So I've got major props on that. Like, that's rad. But were you super nervous the first time you – where was, oh, your, where was your first, like, real public uh, – I got paid $1,000 um, at this fitness equipment company. Um, God. I don't know how long that go. It was a while ago, but that was the, so I've only taken money. So I give all of my speaking gig money. It goes directly to the foundation. So that's what people have a hard time wrapping their head around because it's like twenty five, fifty thousand. It's twenty five, fifty thousand dollars every time. Well, we didn't donate that much to the foundation. <laughs> but we didn't give twenty five thousand. No, no, so. but I mean, it's just like so. People are like, I, I took the check twice in my whole career of this speaking stuff. And so um, I hated it at the beginning because I wasn't comfortable with myself. But once I got comfortable with myself and the message kind of took its own yeah. life, I was you're like, the, yeah, you're the shepherd of the that's message. It. That's it. And, and it's all, uh, you know, uh, from what I'm hearing, what I've read, all that kind of stuff. It's, it's not like it's, you're not pitching something. No, this right. is a story. Right. This, this is a good point. An yeah, it's a really good point. My foundation isn't my foundation isn't my own name. The book isn't my own name. The co-author's name on the book is there, and the money goes back to the foundation. Hundred percent. It actually goes directly to it. it. Doesn't even go through my account, and I fund the whole foundation out of my own pocket. So my opinion and just my belief is that if I put that energy out, yeah, it'll it come comes back. back. Tenfold. Ten, yeah. And so that's why I walked from Young's. That's why I retired from Young's. That's why I did my whole thing was like, I was like, if you can make 
certain attachments less, you make the greater things of the thing. So getting up and speak, it comes from the heart. And so like I cry on stage pretty much every time. And my agent and manager is fascinating because he's never taken a fucking dime. And he's one of the most powerful people in that whole world. And he's like, I just think what you're doing is incredible. He makes all our board calls. Who the fuck? This guy's a global managing director of the largest firm on earth. And David shows up on our quarterly calls. The fuck? I don't offer him anything. I don't give him a goddamn thing. By the way, the book was his idea. That's all his idea. Not mine. I don't take credit for any of this stuff. He's the archetype of this whole entire thing. And I say, cool, I trust you. So it's like those interesting things in life that we say, I How'd fuck you meet it. David? So David was amazing. So David was the global managing director of IMG Consulting. At that time was the largest agency in the world before they got absorbed by Wasserman Media. And he made a huge donation right before the Kilimanjaro climb. And so he couldn't make the documentary premiere. So I said, cool, signed a documentary, and he made a really large donation. And I was like, hey, man, thanks so much for your support. That was it. That was rad. I met him in the sports world at the conferences. That was it. He literally took the documentary the next day and took it down the hall to the IMG speakers, which is the largest. was like Dick Enberg and all these ridiculous, stupidly speakers. And he goes, can you watch this tonight? And she's like, okay. I mean – and she comes back and goes, can he speak? And so Dave's like, yeah, absolutely. This guy speaks from his heart. So flew me out there to New York, met with her, signed me on the spot, and said, we'll cultivate you as a speaker. And then all of a sudden they put me out to all their huge clients. And I, came, and I came back as the highest rated speaker in the history of IMG. The fuck? Yeah. And wow. David... You know what he did to fuck with me? This is a funny story. So IMG Models is the largest modeling agency in the world, right? IMG was, at that juncture, the largest of everything. He wanted to fuck with me to see how good I was. He brought all the IMG Models into the front row. He goes, hey, can you come speak to my team? And he fucked with me, and he goes, hey, he lines up. 35 of the most beautiful women that you've ever seen and goes hey give your talk let's see how good it is yeah how was uh, that bro i was like Ooh, yeah. um, uh, right but that's this brilliance of this guy and he's never fucking took a dime wow. so the wow. book and everything else that's all david aberton so i i've never taken any credit that's the key i think to this whole thing too i don't take credit that's not mine Bonner, do you have peace with yourself now? Yeah, absolutely. 100%. You seem like you do. Yeah. It took, it As took, a guy that knew you back then yeah. and a guy that's seeing you now, yeah. you, you seem like you have a lot more kind of peace with yourself. Mm-hmm. That's it awesome. A, it's a long journey to get there, right? I yeah, mean, it's a massively, massively long journey, and, I, and it's never going to stop. I mean, I do such deep inner work now, and... It's just never going to change. So are you still, is that what, you, are, you, are you fully retired now? Are you still doing like public speaking? I still do public speaking, but I guess I consider that retired because I haven't made a dime since 2017. Right, right, right. So like 
I've never made a dollar. Like, that will stand. Okay. And, and so you're so, public speaking, but it isn't a job. No, it never is. It's like, and same with the foundation. It's not a job. It's my passion and my purpose. And speaking is as well. So, and you asked the question, 8,000 people was the largest I have ever spoken in front of. Wow. So, um... That's nothing to scoff at. Well, no, but, uh, I mean, just so when you know. When was the last time you well, spoke uh, well, in front of 8,000? I was just going to say, Jeremy and I did an open mic with 8,150 people. Exactly. No, we technically no, there was 800. There was 87 people there. No, there was 8.1. We were hilarious, though. Yeah, we killed. It's like, but I agree. Like, And that's what I love about you guys is like, I mean, I have fucked up more than all of us in terms of like, I fucked. I mean, it's like there's no perfection. It's just willing to lean into it and figure out how to get to the next step. And then if you keep taking each step, you get to a bizarre, beautiful space. So what's the next step for Bonner Paddock? Rin. That's Bonner a- Paddock, Rin. Can we just do this? Is it Bonner Paddock, Rin? Bonner, Rin? What do you prefer so to go That's by? a great question. So I hated my dad so much, and I had so much anger against him, even though it wasn't his fault. I, I call it undue burden now. What I've learned is I put it on him because of the divorce. And so it wasn't his fault. He was still trying to learn what he – he, people are who they are. And yeah. that's what I've learned. And it's such a beautiful thing to know is like – People There's are no... who they are. I can't make you who you are, and I can't make myself. And it's such a rad thing to say, you know what? We carry the traumas from generations and society. And if we don't honor those, we're going to try to make everybody be something we never were. Right, and there's really no, like, generally accepted no. how-to book. no. Right? No, you it's can not, read bits and pieces right. and it slowly can, plugs exactly. in. Exactly. We can read yes. the Bible. We can read the Quran. We yes. can read, like, you know, the. Mad Magazine. Yeah, Mad Magazine. Whatever <laughs> exactly. we want. Exactly. Playboy we, Magazine. Exactly. Whatever. Playboy you know? Magazine. Yeah. Exactly. Paxum. The and, book of Penthouse Forum. In Orange County. You know, and we whatever. appropriate what we can and we, and we, and, and that's, and that what's, that's, what makes us humans. Yes. Right? Exactly. And we're all having we're our perf- own experience. We're perfectly imperfect. We're perfectly imperfect. And we're all just trying to make it through this thing. And I had to let myself be that. And I wasn't doing that for the forever because I was trying to fit a mold that I thought people would like me and love me and everything else. And it fucking didn't work. So so, so that. So so, what's the next five years for Bonner Paddock look like? That's funny. Um, I'm here for a few more months, and then I'm gone again. So um, you're global, right? You, I am. You're, you're opening I, I center. Would prefer. So let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, for sure. And, and we got we got to wind this thing up. But you you through the OM Foundation, mm-hmm. you guys are opening global centers. Uh, what are you calling them? Uh, we we call them Team Jake Centers because it's in honor of Jakey, who you talked about, was very emotional in that moment. So we we honor the boy that like. He couldn't walk or talk. And if you, you know, and I don't want to get into it because I'm going to start crying, but it's a great book. If you want to read it, uh, you, you got to read Beyond Limits. No, sorry. No. One more step. <laughs> oh, you want to start that one? What a delicious the read. The fucking documentary what? should have been named the same thing is all I'm saying. <laughs> like, you know, it's right, great. Start no, no, that wait, over. Wait, wait, wait. But no, what? but what, what's great about it is that is that that's real. So like. Yeah. We always would get upset about not nailing that point, but I think that's what a beautiful point is because people will actually be like, they'll resonate more 
that maybe it was a different name yeah. than saying, wow, that guy just fucking nailed that whole thing. That guy's yeah. like a fucking storybook <laughs> yeah. black and white right, dude. Right, it's right, like, right. No, bro, that's that's I think this was the humanistic emotional that's thing a good is. Point. I think I think it's rad. Yeah. So embrace it. I think it's so cool. No, that's, that's... So don't beat yourself up. I think it's All right. rad, dude. Well great thank thank you, Bonner. I really appreciate right, you giving me stay. that out. You realize that's going to stay in now. Yeah, yeah I agree. <laughs> but it's, by, the way, by the way, the more you can relate to the other folks, oh, yeah. the more you deepen your own connection. And so I always laugh at people because I always say, I used to try to be like this perfectionist people that think that's what they would like. The more I'm a fuck up in terms of like, oh, Jesus, like I just farted or I fucking belched or whatever. Like, and you say it, people are like, or whatever. They're like, cool. It's such a great point. Hey, We're I, all human, right? That's it. And if we don't love each other that way, then what the fuck are we doing? I do have one more question. I think the amazing thing about like us coming back together, which is rad, is that like, even if we struggle in moments and we weren't feeling like totally attached, like I talked about earlier, is like I felt lost in high school. And whether it wasn't anybody's fault, it was mine. It was on me to try to connect and then to come back and just like have these great conversations like we've had from the moment I walked in the door to this whole episode, like that's the beauty of life. It's like we sometimes attach so much to the past and we don't allow to just let it go and just be like, you know what? We're all humans and so whether we, what we did or not people attach so much like you did this and that and it's like even reunions that we've all been to and it's like you know what we were still putting premises on this stuff versus tonight we walked in and was like there was nothing and i know rad. you man you're a cool dude the chem and, and the, vice versa right the chemistry and is like, fantastic we, that's it and we walked around and we you showed me everything in tonight and it was like it was just rad and so i just want to say like i appreciate that and i think that's so cool because i think that's the power of like what we talked about whether we agree or not we can have beautiful conversations and that's what life is about and i think that's what's lost and we talked about that tonight is like everybody's cancel culture so what the fuck yeah like why are we doing it yeah did i get the cut no i got the oh. cut i'm oh, not I gonna ask the question you sure well yeah what you said is way better than what i had yeah. to say and that you interrupted i was gonna say something with ice cubes and i'm just kidding like, no but i mean it that's I guess what I wanted to share is that like I felt the openness in love. And I think that whether you're fear or love, that's a key. And back in high school, we're fearful of everybody, what we think about and what people judge us and we want people to like us. Tonight was like about love. It was rad. It was like, it doesn't matter. We don't have to agree on shit. But guess what? We can fucking talk about it. And we can not go any different than be like, fuck you or anything. Like, fuck it. No, it's nice. Enjoy the Enjoy the parts you get along with people on. And you know, and and enjoy the enjoy the conversation, fun times you can have. Everybody has an issue someplace, for sure. And and maybe you know, it, it talk of that, talk about that, and 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 uh, unite on that when you can. But yeah, I was gonna ask, just ask, and we can it, we can cut it short or go it, long. Is it stressful being loved by everybody? Now I know for a fact I will never have that burden put on me. <laughs> I that's don't feel like I will ever be loved by everybody. Yeah, we hate I, you, man. But yeah, most people don't. No, uh, that's not true. No. I fucking love the shit but, out I mean, of you. But I someone who, who you've done so much for so many people, right? You've committed your life to helping others, truly, right? Is there any uh, hardship put upon you? Do you lose sleep at night worrying if you could do more? Or do you go to bed feeling like 
I did the best, you know, I could today and I'm killing it. I just want to, you know, is there any stress of being, I guess, kind of such a good person? It's not easy because I always constantly overthink still. Am I doing the best I can? Can I do more? Can I abs? So it doesn't stop. That's the thing I have to work against is that looking back and saying like my coach and my mentor, Connor Beaton's a badass. And he said, I still don't understand the magnitude of what I've done. The world records we joke about and everything. I could joke about them all day long, but I don't understand them. I don't understand that I have a global foundation that's doing what it does. You've kind of achieved beyond yourself. At Correct. This point. And I can't still have not caught up to that. So I think it's a beautiful question. I think it's an awesome question. It's like. Well, thanks, Bonner. It is. It truly is. It's like, I think it's from the heart and I think it's rad. And it's like, most people won't ask me that because they fear maybe that it's like, makes me out to be something different than what they want me to be versus what I am. And I think that's the key thing of what I want. I'm trying to do the rest of my life is not trying to be what people want me to be and what actually I am. I think that's such, that is it. That's what I've learned from your entire, you know, going on this deep dive, like this Bonner Paddock dive. I've learned that like self-acceptance is it. I feel like your biggest accomplishment, Bonner, was really kind of like just coming to terms with yourself. Right. That's it. And I think that, you know, can be such a like a global, um, like universal thing is everybody has issues. That's it. Right. And it's not we don't all have cerebral palsy, nope. but we all have issues. Insert X into the cerebral palsy. Right. Take yeah. CP out and right. insert X, right. whatever that is. Exactly. Take my CP out and put it in there. And Addiction. being able to come to terms with that. That's it. And being able to accept who we are and talk about it and talk about it openly that's a that's a huge thing that's it and that's really i feel like in learning about you i learned that it's really not just about cerebral palsy no. but it's really about accepting who you are as a person period that's why when that that's why the book went new york times bestseller it wasn't fucking cp nobody fucking knows what that is like you said you are the epitome and all of you are the epitome of i've heard it but i don't know what it is that's the epitome of the book. Exactly. We all have that in our closet. We all have that quote unquote what I call shadow that we aren't comfortable with in our lives. There was almost like a coming out moment. That's it. And we all want that in our own lives is like whatever that shadow is in our lives, we're like, fuck it. We're going to throw the closet doors open and we're walking out, whatever it is. It could be, I got whatever. It doesn't matter, but everybody carries traumas I'm from their childhood. I'm sad. My dad was mean. Whatever. I think exactly. about suicide. Yes. You know? Bring it forward right, and right, talk right. about it. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's is much like, better to talk about That's it. it. Because guess what? People love you when you talk about it. I mean, you look at Robin Williams and all these people. They didn't fucking talk about it. These are fucking brilliant people. Right, right. right. Yeah. And I mean, when you don't talk about it and you don't have that support group, that's what happens. Yeah. And it, people, especially at the top of their game, you know, your Robin Williams, things like that, they don't want to be seen as 
is weak or or have anything iffy in their life, you know, so they go, oh, I'm listen, I'm I better be the funny man, or people aren't gonna like me. That's and and, and when realistically he, you know, he if he had talked about it, people would have been like, that's it. Imagine the love hand, that he would handle got. this. That's and it. Then we'll, and, and then you know, and then crack a joke. That's the you same <laughs> with me. That's the same with me. All I can relate is to me is like, yeah. I was afraid people wouldn't like me for CP. They wouldn't love me and everything else. But if I just talked about it, which it did, look what's happened since I started talking about my biggest insecurity, my biggest fear, the thing I hated about myself. Well, we could talk more about how I schooled you at roller hockey. Well, that's true. And slamage. Sure that's, and slamage. Sure, and slamage. Sure and the double, and the double dribble and the travels and everything else. <laughs> and the slamage, yes. Josh cheats at sports. Is that what we just... Um, maybe. Possibly. What? All of them. Oh, no. All right, and, he so drove, and he drove a cabriolet. <laughs> he did. He did drive a cabriolet. Well, that's another whole episode. So, unfortunately, as much as we'd like to talk all yeah, night... Yeah, pretty sorry. Uh, we got to wind it up. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's a phenomenal story, Bonner. It Thank really you. is. Because, I mean, as a, I know you. Yes. I mean, we went to high school together. Yes. We were bros. Yes. Um, the life you've lived since then is extremely inspirational. Thank you. And obviously, like, you know, we didn't talk about it in high school, but we all knew there was something. Yeah, there was something, but nobody knew what right? it was. Because I wouldn't it. No talk about, about it. Right. You know, but it, it's, it's it's very cool. And thank you so much for being here, dude. I really appreciate it. I loved this, it. It's man. been awesome with you guys. So, like, you know, you, you know, you, you got an open invitation anytime thank you, you. want to come back. What are you doing tomorrow night? Yeah, what are you doing next Wednesday? <laughs> Do we get another tequila, bottle of tequila Ocho? That you, depends. You keep calling. If your next call is anywhere as good as the tequila Ocho. You know, How much you is be, left of that? It, nothing. Oh. Oh. It was empty about a half hour ago. Oh. Like Jeremy's already made a candle out of that bottle. <laughs> Any closing questions, guys? I mean, it's uh, we could talk all night. No, and I, I know it's. Say, I mean, the, the I subject say, matters. Thank you to Bonner. I I, I met Bonner through uh, his brother my sophomore year, my freshman year. Well, my sophomore because you were a freshman, and uh, to see the life you've lived and is such an inspiration. And I feel like an incredibly horrible human being <laughs> sitting next to you. Right? Yeah, I have a. I've done nothing. I've in done my life. literally nothing. <laughs> So it's sort of like maybe I'm not that glad you came. Yeah. <laughs> but here you guys feel completely Go, 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 blow, guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the prompter. Go fuck yourself, San Diego. Thanks. Whale's Feeling vagina. No, you're you're the best, Bonner, and and thank you so much for uh, taking your time and your busy schedule to join us. We, that, this is probably the funnest one yet. Yeah, this is great. Well, yeah. I'll tell you. Well, there's. I mean, this is. This might be it. It was a tequila. Thank you. You know what it was? It wasn't Bonner actually. It was that delicious tequila. <laughs> he was good. It was good. <laughs> we were good. I was fantastic. I was amazing. Yeah. Ryan, anything? Nothing. Okay, good. Uh... <laughs> I had a whole thing to get. Oh, oh no, I'm just kidding. No, go yeah. for it. I'm just kidding. The man of many words. So we've mentioned it. Your foundation is the OM Foundation, which the the website's one man one mission dot org. You can go there. You should go there. Donate <laughs> through the website directly, and all the money goes directly to developing your centers, centers globally. globally. Yeah, one hundred percent. 
nothing. We have no staff, no nothing. I pay them all. So, worthwhile? Yeah. Raise yeah. your hand. By the way, I can attest this. Bonner looks terrible. There's oh, no yeah. fashion sense. There's no expensive No, he's, he's in on. great shape. Kind of a handsome dude. <laughs> I, I, um, I did my hair, Yeah, too. he did his hair. No hair. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anything else? Like, uh, uh, email? I mean, do we plug anything else? Do, you don't it, need to. It's just it, the OM Foundation. I'm Everything a, I'm a believer. The I'm a believer that will gravitate to where it's going. Yep. All right. Well, then that's going to be it. Thank you very much for being here, Bonner, dude. I, I'm honored. I, Honestly, it's been a blast. I've actually enjoyed this tremendously more than any other podcast or interview I've had. Nice. I enjoy this. It's, I love it. Well, we love you. Thank you. Joss, you know, I don't care for you as much. But <laughs> Ryan! <laughs> <laughs> I made the cut this week. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for being here. Because after all, you are truly the reason for the season. If... You weren't here. We would just be a bunch of dudes in the room talking to each other. And, you know, that's a thing, but it's not a podcast. <laughs> we'll do that, too. Yeah. So thanks for being here, and we look forward to seeing you right here next week on the Jeremy Webisodes podcast. <laughs> <laughs>